0: You're tuned in to episode 39 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of friends and comic book journalists who've decided to record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. This
1: weekend is San Diego Comic-Con, which is a pilgrimage for nerds all across the world, which means that moms will get to clean basements around the country unabated. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, you got Pete. <laughs> let's let's hear it for all those clean basements.
0: <laughs> a moment of silence for all the clean basements.
2: Mom, I can't find my stuff.
0: <laughs> so as uh, Phil mentioned, this is San Diego Comic-Con weekend, and there's just a boatload of news coming out. Already a ton of exciting stuff. For us recording, it is Saturday morning, so there's a ton of stuff that we don't know yet. Uh, when you guys hear this, you will know it. Um, But we're only going to be able to comment on the stuff that has already happened. And then next week's episode, we'll talk about the rest. So we're going to do two big episodes about San Diego Comic-Con. We'll get to all the news. And, um, I mean, it's it's a lot. It's really exciting. This is... The best time of the year, if you're a fan of uh, comic books and comic book movies and all that jazz. So hopefully you guys stay tuned with us and listen to us rap about all this amazing stuff. I feel
3: like this was such a big year, too. Yeah. Like, just in general. Like, San Diego's always big, but we're two days in and we already have enough that we had to cut a bunch of shit to even make a show. And we're not doing a main topic. Like, it's a lot. Like, a lot of big announcements.
2: This isn't even a San Diego episode. Like it wasn't
3: supposed to be. But it's just like, look at all this news. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's it's really and not
3: just like not just like the movie stuff, which is what we always get. Like there's a lot of good meaty comics every too, once in a, a while. Awesome. Yes,
0: yes. And and we're gonna we do
4: comics on the show.
0: I don't even know how to read. I'm convinced that only twenty five percent of the people on this show read comics.
3: <laughs> Wait, so Kale?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, he writes them, so he must read them, right? He,
3: he wrote a comic, so he must at least know how to read. He read I that can't one speak for the rest of
2: us. I
0: yeah, I, I read that one on, yeah. on repeat. <laughs> uh, so if you guys want to stay tuned with us, because we're posting all of the major San Diego Comic Con news all over our social media accounts, the Comics Pal social media account, you can find us and you can. Read along with us. You can tweet to us. Tell us your thoughts about all that stuff. The best ways to reach out to us are the following. Uh, On iTunes, we are a five-star rated podcast. You can keep that tradition going by leaving us a sweet five-star rating on iTunes. Uh, We're also on there. You guys have been really good to us on there. Uh, keep listening to us on there as well. If you are an audio listener, though, it really does help a lot if you do go to iTunes and just leave that rating. Even if iTunes is not your preferred way of listening to us, just hit us up on there anyways. You can also leave a comment. Um, for the social media stuff, we are at the Comics Pals everywhere social media is sold. Like I said, we're posting all of the San Diego Comic-Con stuff there. So follow us on there, check it all out, and join us in the conversation that we'll be having throughout the week. Um, Also, you can hit us up on YouTube. YouTube is super important to what we do. There's a lot of content on there, a lot more on the way, so stay tuned for that. If you're watching this on YouTube, definitely do leave us a like. You can leave us a comment as well. We always read the comments from YouTube, and you can subscribe to our channel, which is hugely important to what we do, and definitely do share the show uh, with your buddies. And last but certainly not least, you can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. That's thecomicspals with an S at gmail.com. We've got a bunch of comments from there that we'll be reading a little later on. um, And you can add to that by writing to us, and we'd really appreciate it. So with all that out of the way, we did say that it's a huge, huge, huge news week. And I wanted to start the show with a random question of the week. Oh.
3: So I guess that means it's time for the random question of the week.
0: So the question I wanted to ask you guys is it's pretty simple and straight to the point. It is San Diego Comic-Con weekend. We're all huge fans of all the media that they're talking about. And I want to know from you guys, what is the announcement that you are most looking forward to? This is a projection. You don't actually know that it's coming. If it's happened already, you can say that. We don't have to talk about it. We'll save the conversation for later. But if it hasn't happened yet, what are you most looking forward to hearing about?
2: Plastic Man in the Terrifics. Oh, yeah. Which has already been announced. Yeah. I'm real excited about the uh, – I think so. Uh, Doc Shayner did the uh, promo images. I don't know if he's on the book or not. but
0: We need the eel, baby. Uh, yeah. The
2: Return of Plastic Man is something I'm way pumped about.
0: And we'll talk about that a little more later. Anyone else?
2: Uh
3: for me it's the like final like getting that launch for Burger Books. You know the new Dark Horse imprint. I think that's so exciting. Um I like Karen is such an incredibly like important voice in this industry and like getting to see her run her own imprint like that has her name on it no less is going to be really cool I think. And I'm sure the books that come out of that are going to be awesome.
1: We're going to talk about that later too. Well I'm very excited about Grant Morrison's return to DC Comics, and him doing a sequel to Arkham Asylum, and uh, Wonder Woman Earth 2, and I imagine there's probably more stuff coming, but both those things, based off what they've been described as, which I know we're going to talk about later, very excited about. Yes. Uh, Marco?
4: Um, I was excited for the Plastic Man thing too, I liked them in the Brave and the Bold, uh, the cartoon series, so like... Um. Uh, and I don't really know much about him outside of that context, so I'd be interested in that. And of course, Burger's books. Um, that's always cool. And then anything Game of Thrones that came out of S- Marco. S-T-S-E.
1: What's up, Marco? Did you know that Plastic Man was going to have a cartoon on Cartoon Network that by Tom Kenny, which he really pushed, and that's who played him on Brave and the Bold. Oh, so I think it would have been similar. That would have been awesome. Cool. There's a there's a pilot on YouTube of what, of what was really? the show was going to be. Oh, if you cool! Want to check it out? I'll oh, throw yeah. a
3: link to that down in the description. If you remember, if not, Google it. you're, you're grown ups. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey hey, I'm sure we have some you know some younger listeners that's out there. True. I hope not.
3: But you know what? To be fair, I feel like our younger listeners could also they they probably know how to use Google better than we do. So
0: that's true. <laughs> that's actually we merely good
3: adopted one. the internet. They were born into it, molded by it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're a man after my heart um as far as what i'm looking forward to from sdcc because that is what we were talking about uh i i really can't wait for that hall h avengers panel i i'm there's gonna be something phenomenal there i'm sure of it and i always look forward to what marvel has to say when we do you know when, when they do san diego so um you know. Yeah, so far, not a ton of Marvel Comics news. No, no, and we'll we'll, we'll definitely talk more about that, but I, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Uh, I feel like there's got to be some major surprise on the horizon. So. Yeah, they
3: must be saving it, you know? They, they don't, they're not going to come to SDCC with nothing to talk about. Right, exactly. Especially when they're, like, in the middle of a, of a relaunch, you know? <clears throat> yeah.
1: Meanwhile,
0: DC is just fucking Pew, just knocking it out of the fucking park, man. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm dying to talk about that. So let's jump into the reader mail, and then we'll cool. do the news.
3: All right, so speaking of DC, our first email comes from Mitch, who writes in and says, Hey guys, okay, so I'm not a huge fan of DC Comics, never really have been, so when it comes to their characters, I don't know too much. Now, that being said, I love the show Teen Titans, the old one. I hate Robin, but other than that, I love all the other characters, my favorite being Beast Boy. Now, from what I read, even his own story arc, he's never really been given a good story. But he has so much potential, in my opinion, to be such a cool and strong hero. So my question is, do you know anything about him? Uh, Like, does he have a badass story, maybe, and I just didn't see it? And if so, could you steer me in the right direction? Thank you in advance for any answers. Thank you,
0: Mitch. So, I am not familiar with Beast Boy. I've, I've read, like, a handful of Teen Titans comic books. So I am gonna definitely defer to Kale and Phil. Might have some answers. Uh,
2: yeah. So my my big answer, and I think Phil agrees with this, is the uh, the George Perez Teen Titans run. Uh, that's that's the where benchmark. we get, yeah, that's where we get most of the uh, you know good Teen Titans stuff in general. Um, it's uh, I think I would equate it to the Claremont X Men. Yeah, run like sure.
1: yeah,
2: uh, it's probably that influential. Um, as far as like the beast boy arc, for me the only real solid beast boy arc that there's been is his relationship with Terra. um mm, and so yeah. for that for that you're gonna want to hit the uh uh, uh, uh uh the Judas contract
1: which is like the most famous Teen Titans story ever published
2: yeah um other than that there's not a ton um Jeff Johns had a couple of things in his uh in his Titans run. Uh, in the 2000s, um, <clears throat> early on, there's an issue where the virus that his uh, you know, that in that made him Beast Boy, uh, gets infected, uh, gets spread out into the world, and and regular people get infected, and then after Infinite Crisis, he goes back to the Doom Patrol, um, and that's kind of a really cool dichotomy to see, but there's not a lot there. For, in terms of Beast Boy uh, still a really good story though I, I enjoyed it
1: I mean there, there's plenty of books out there with Beast Boy there's old pre-Grant Morrison Doom Patrol stuff with the changeling or Beast Boy but really I mean Jeff Johns Teen Titans run which is one of his more un, un, unappreciated runs perhaps is worth checking out and then the, the quintessential Perez shit
0: is where we go I'd say Awesome. Thanks for writing in, Mitch, and I hope that uh, that answers your question.
3: Alright, our next uh, letter comes from Danielle, who writes in and says, just finished your Wonder Woman episodes and they were fantastic. Hell yeah. Loved hearing what all of you think of her. I'm a new fan of her. Just started reading her with the Rebirth launch, and I just love her. Not sure why I have never read her stories before. And because of you guys, I picked up some Swamp Thing books, and I'm tracking down some What up? What up? Mm. And I'm tracking down some trades from Tom King. Woo!
2: Yeah. That I never
3: would have thought to read had it not been for your podcast. Thank you for helping me expand my love for comics. You guys are awesome.
2: Take that long box. Write back in and tell us what you think of those Tom King trades.
3: Yeah, please, Danielle. We would love to hear your thoughts on uh, all the stuff we recommended to you. And yeah, thank you so much for writing in.
2: Make sure, yeah, make sure and write in and tell us why Swamp Thing is trash.
4: Absolutely. Um,
3: Might as well be Trash
4: Thing. <coughs> uh, you know,
3: oh, did you have something to say, Marco?
4: Uh, no, I I, I don't uh, entertain those kind of comments. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to uh, I do want to say if you are enjoying um, reading the Rebirth stuff of Wonder Woman, then you should really um, go back and check out Greg Rucka's first run, which is also phenomenal. So It
3: was like back in 2008,
0: right? Uh, yeah, the mid-2000s, somewhere around that.
3: Um, okay, and then we actually got another uh, email from Danielle after Marco replied to her. And uh, Danielle writes in again and says, Hi, Marco. Thank you for responding, and so quickly, too. I picked up Saga of Swamp Thing, book number one from Alan Moore. I'm about halfway through, and I love it. I also read Hellblazer. I love me some John Constantine, Dun. and I enjoy his presence in those stories. If you have a favorite Swamp Thing story arc, please share, and I'll be happy to check it out. Thanks uh, for the link to in Stock Trades. They have some great deals. This is not an ad. Hashtag, I ordered Sheriff of Babylon, and I can't wait to read it. Did you uh, or any of the other pals...
2: Support your local comic shop. Yes.
3: Um, did you or any of the other pals read Robin War? Wondering if I need to put that on my must-read list as well. All right, so thanks again, Danielle. And uh, Robin War, I didn't read that, but I know one of you guys did, right? Kale, maybe?
2: Well, uh, no, actually. But <laughs> I was, what I was going to say, that it it is from Tom King and Tim Seeley and uh, Ray Fox and Lee Bermejo and... Uh, Uh, I mean, Scott Lobdell's in there, too, so, I mean, that (laughs) turned me off initially. Okay, so (laughs) these are the people that were writing
1: uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws, the Grayson book. So these are all the people writing the books with the Robins at the time. Yeah,
2: so I I really think if you, you might try Grayson. That's great. Uh, Grayson's really good. If you like that, then you might expand into the Robin War. Um, uh, Didn't this come out around? DCU. Batman Eternal. That's what it was. No, it was after that. I think. I, th- I think it was just after that. Yeah, though, is what I'm saying.
4: It was. It was. I think it was part of a larger crossover. I don't remember what it was, but it was. It was coming out. Something happened in the mainline Batman books that ended up affecting like all. Like there was a bunch of, uh, Robins like during the We Are Robin thing, and then yeah. and then it went into Robin War or something like that.
2: Uh, as far as Robin war goes, if you pick it up and like it, let us know if you pick it up and don't like it, let us know.
3: <laughs> and then Marco, what about you for favorite One thing.
4: Oh yeah. Uh, the volume right after that second volume, uh, I think has the best, uh, story arc, uh, out of the entire book is where you really get all that, um, really gothic horror stuff. So definitely the second volume and then, um, uh, everything after that it's, it's, definitely phenomenal but um my heart always lies with that second volume cool all
3: right daniel so thanks for writing in let us know what you think when you get through those books and uh definitely let us know what you think of sheriff of babylon we're glad you picked it up yeah all right so the last piece of reader mail we have today comes from friend of the show uh who's written in a couple times jimmy pataro who writes in to say uh in response to um us checking out, us reading his mail previously. He says, "I did get to hear it, and it was nice to hear what Sean thought about it. I don't know if he'll change my mind over Snyder with Snyder over Morrison, but I really enjoyed his insights, and I look forward to rereading it at some point. Thanks. I'll be sure
0: to write in with more. Thanks, Jimmy.
1: I got neglected again. Don't you threaten
0: us? <laughs> so, I think the Snyder versus Morrison thing, quote unquote, it's it's just a stylistic thing. If you enjoy the way that Scott Snyder tells stories. Um I mean it's, it it honestly it is it is similar to Morrison stuff. I don't think that the similarities are like <laughs> Bless you. Thank you.
2: Phil, did you do you have a call? Bless
0: you. <laughs> Thank you. Man.
2: Thank you. I'm sorry, sweetie, let me get you some Kleenex. Thank you.
0: Uh it, it's it's a stylistic thing. Grant Morrison's stuff tends to be a lot more esoteric. There's a lot more I kind of want to say that those books are deeper in terms of, you know, the hidden meanings and the symbolism and all that kind of stuff. Snyder's is more action-packed for sure, Um, and uh, he's 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 more of a his books his Batman run is more of a mainstream kind of run. And I don't say that in in an offensive way at all. I liked it a lot. I thought it was fantastic, Um, and I think some of those issues, particularly particularly the last five or so are some of the best batman individual issues i've ever read um but that being said i will always put grant's run over that but again it's preference
1: i think i think grant morrison's is its own kind of benchmark i think it's up there with like the denny o'neill stuff you know like it's it's seminal shit i think talking about snyder's it's more it's more it's more apt to compare it with like tom king's batman run i think that's a conversation worth having as opposed to comparing it to Morrisons.
0: Yeah, but thanks for thanks for writing in, and um, we appreciate your comments, and you, I definitely think you should reread it.
3: So if you want to hear your uh, reader mail read right on the air, you can write into us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. If you're on YouTube, it's on the screen. Write in. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to send in a random question, you want to hear your thoughts right on the air, recommend a book, anything like that, please do write in. We love hearing from you.
0: So uh, let's do some pals pulls. Uh, you can use the hashtag pals polls all over social media to share with us the books that you're reading. Uh, This is a list curated by the pals ourselves um, of the stuff that we're looking forward to that's dropping this week. So if you're listening to this on Monday or Tuesday, these are the books that are coming out on Wednesday that we're super excited about. So from Phil, we've got Doom Patrol number seven.
1: All right, so I don't read weeklies too much, but I found out that that the first volume of Doom Patrol by Gerard Way came out. So I'm going to pick that up. And number seven comes out this week. You're gonna dig it. Yeah, you think so?
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's out there. It's uh, it's wacky, but there's like a story there.
1: So I, I really like the, I like the Doom Patrol a lot. I like what Grant Morrison did. It was really da da and surreal. And Gerard Way was kind of yeah. He's very outspoken in his appreciation for Morrison's work. Michael Allred does the art. Um, and this is something. Well, n- well now not, it is. Oh, for, for number seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, before he was doing cover art, I suppose. So when I read the first six issues in the first volume that came out, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, I'll be caught up. And I look forward to uh, follow, following
0: it, I suppose. So here's to that. Cool. Uh, from Pete, we've got Saga number 45.
3: What can I say about Saga that we haven't said on the show time and time again? Me and Marco love the book. If you haven't checked out Saga, you're missing out. It's one of the best comics being published. And the book's in a really healthy place right now. So check it out.
0: Yep, uh from Marco we've got Frostbite and By Chance or By Providence. Yeah,
4: uh Frostbite is a book that comes out came out um it was a mini about like if there was a second ice age and like people surviving and people get this disease called Frostbite and like it freezes them and stuff. Uh, it was an interesting concept and I had a friend who uh also picked it up, so I'm definitely interested. And By Chance and By Providence is a book by Benny Clunin um and i don't know i I was recently like looking up her art and it looked really really cool um so i wanted to give her it's like a collection of some of her three other books so i wanted to give it a shot like a shot
0: cool um and then from kale we've got shutter number 30
2: uh yeah this is the series finale of this uh book uh shutter is huge and amazing uh it's uh, kind of the story of a, a a photographer who's like this legendary like adventurer, and uh, she finds out that her uh, the death of her father uh, may have had uh, some unintended consequences and um, collateral damage in this world of like talking animals and and skeleton butlers and flying cars.
4: Kayla, I don't know if I ever if I ever told you, but I have a a signed print of hers because she came uh leila deluca um she came into the comic shop that i always go to and she was she did a signing so i have like a little mini a little mini print of hers oh sick well, we'll we can post that up yeah.
2: yeah 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 i i love shutter i think it's the coolest book ever and um i i'm a trade waiter but um i can't wait to see how this series ends so
0: cool and then for me secret empire number seven i feel like this book comes out every day um but uh, (laughs) that's how it feels that's how it feels for us too (laughs) uh i mean it's great i there's nothing else i can say it's great i like it i'm enjoying it i can't wait to see how it ends uh how it leads into generation and how it leads into marvel legacy um this is one of the boldest stories that marvel has ever told and i'm glad they're telling it so There's that. Uh, That's going to do it for the Pals pulls this week. And again, if you want to share your polls with us, you can use the hashtag pulls and let us know what books you guys are picking up from your local comic shop. So with that, we're going to jump into the news. Uh, Again, it is San Diego Comic-Con weekend. So much coming out of that event. Um, But there's also some stuff that didn't come from that event that we are going to have to talk about. And the first bit of news is... Unfortunate and really sad because George Romero uh has died at seventy seven years old. And um I mean he died from cancer, which is unfortunately a very brief but aggressive battle with lung cancer that's coming from a family statement to the times. Um I mean this is the this is the man who gave us Night of the Living Dead, um and you know the he, modern zombie. Yeah, he's the father of the modern zombie, man. Yeah. Um he was able to get that movie made without any studio being interested in, in helping him put that together. Um, and even though critics hated it, people were in love. They fell in love immediately. And um, without him, we don't have The Walking Dead. You know, Without him, we don't have this explosion yep. of zombie media that we've had over the last like 20 years. So you really have him to thank for that stuff. I was just gonna say I know he was in talks to do some stuff with DC. Uh, so is that is accurate, right? Like, wasn't he um, wasn't he in talks to do the uh, the Green Lanterns movie? I believe you're right. Yeah, Kelly, you're, I, looking, yeah. Wow, you're looking at me like I'm crazy.
2: That's news to me. Uh, are you sure you're not thinking of George Miller?
0: Oh yeah, 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 George Miller. George, you Miller. totally are. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, well, but anyway, uh, just an amazing career and. Uh, I mean, he lived a long life and he lived his dream and that's all you can really ask for.
3: So. I mean, yeah, and I think even more than that, it's really cool to be a person who made a passion project like that, that is something that had such a like, huge effect on our culture. You know? Like, he, he invented something that has eclipsed him and become a genre. You know? like, And that's that's really cool. Like, that's a major achievement. You know? He's one of the great american creators so um he will be sorely missed night, night of the
1: living dead is legitimately one of the best horror movies ever made and it was really ahead of its time it's good yeah um like it had a black lead in an era where that wasn't a thing mm-hmm. and um if i remember it was like a interracial relate it suggested like an interracial relationship kind of yeah it was like these were all things that are way ahead of its time for like 1968
3: and then also like affects stuff as well like on a technical level it also did a lot it broke some ground there as well um so yeah i mean it was it was a really it's an important film and it holds up surprisingly well
0: that's great <laughs> yeah it's terrific yeah so we're losing a great talent uh but uh you can see the influence of of, of his works everywhere so um yeah absolutely uh so also um Comic books have made it because the father of comic books, none other than Stan Lee, um is now a member of the the Walk of Fame. Um he was he was honored and got to put his handprint on there. Um so congratulations to him. They did his feet too. Yeah, they did yeah, they did his feet as well. That seems inconvenient. It's amazing to me that this guy is 94 years old, and he's not slowed down. I do want to share a quick quote from him. Uh, I love what I do. If I had to do anything else, I'd be miserable. If I weren't coming into the office and working with the people at Power Entertainment, I'd be sitting at home watching television. So he's doing what he loves, and, and I'm I would love to say, and I think this is pretty accurate, that because he's doing what he loves still that's something that keeps him invigorated and gives him that spirit to stay alive and keep you know um, you know keep working so so uh, we've got some we've got some that news oh, oh. uh, Batwatch watch uh, watches back
1: I am vengeance
0: I am that flag <laughs> This, this is Batfleck. Watch. Uh, we haven't done this in a little while. Batman, or Ben Affleck as Batman has been very divisive. There are a lot of people who love this, think he's the best Batman ever, uh, where there's others who can't stand him and are ready for him to be done. While apparently Warner Brothers feels the same way and are also ready for him to be done because... Allegedly, according to the Hollywood reporter, um, they're working towards getting him out of here they're working towards removing him from the role of Batman and um, transitioning him out and getting someone else in um, and the article from CBR says that they're trying to do this possibly as soon as filming begins on the post on the first post justice League film to feature the popular d c comics hero so We could see a scenario where they're looking to get rid of him uh, and replace him with another character, or maybe they'll do something weird where we could even see a scenario where he goes back in time, similar to what um, Grant Morrison did, and he comes back as a younger Batman. Uh, there There are tons of different scenarios for how this could go down. Uh, but we've seen a lot of weird stories come out with uh, Matt Reeves not using Ben Affleck's script for the film. Um, yeah, didn't that go back to like page one? Yeah, re-writing yeah. It, yeah. They, like, Again,
3: they scrapped it. They're like, we are starting from the ground up. Everything's done, like gone.
2: Yeah, frankly, like if I yeah, if I were Ben Affleck, I'd be I'd be done too. Like
0: there were questions about whether or not he was even going to be in the movie, whether or not he would play Batman in that film. So. It just hasn't been a great marriage between um, DC and Ben, and I think it's probably for the best that they part ways. But, uh, you know, that's probably not something that we're going to see happen for still a few years now, because we've still got at least the first Matt Reeves movie that he'll be a part of. So Uh, we're going to jump into San Diego Comic-Con news, and there's an absolute ton of that. Uh, and and I want to lead off with probably the, the most impactful thing that's come out so far, which is the Defenders trailer.
4: Wrong.
3: <laughs> oh, Donald Cunlatta's <laughs>
1: in here today.
3: Damn, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Sean, I'm super hype on that trailer.
0: <laughs> Why would you be? That you shouldn't be. That's that's the wrong opinion.
3: It's not even important that's according the wrong, to Marco. Yeah,
0: that's wrong alternative thing facts. <laughs> <laughs> um so they did have their huge panel um where they revealed and everyone was there uh and they revealed this trailer for uh the defenders which was awesome. I I really I really really loved it. What did you guys think?
3: I think all the trailers for this have been actually really good, but this one was yeah, awesome.
2: This one yeah, this one really felt like there were stakes. Like this was the first time they really told us kind of at least what was going on yeah
3: like what sigourney weaver's role is and like how that plays into what we got set up with electra in season two of daredevil it's like it's all coming together for me now in a way where i'm like okay i see this and like it's gonna be fucking cool
2: uh the connection to her and stick whatever that is um is really cool too i'm i'm really hyped to see that
1: it feels like the culmination of five seasons of television and to uh a nice tying up bow you know
3: and I I think the thing that was most exciting for me was seeing the way the characters play off of each other like in not like non-physical ways you know because like I feel like in the first trailer we got we got that one exchange between Jessica and Matt like in that elevator or whatever that was really funny but this had like two or three jokes that I thought were like really solid like that thing with uh with Daredevil and Luke and he's just like I'm not going to hug you. <laughs> like I just I like I that's what I like really like about superhero team-ups, you know? is like yeah, like it's awesome to see all these characters fight together, but it's way cooler to be like, you know, Daredevil is so dark and brooding and getting to see him have people to play off of like Luke Cage or, you know, Jessica who are more sarcastic or like more lighthearted, I think like gives us a different side of Matt which is like fun from a character perspective. And also just the dialogue between them is just going to be good. You know, it's the four leading characters getting to come together is always an exciting thing.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely with you on the character interaction thing. Uh, there's just so much meat here. I really love this scene where they're in the restaurant and they're like, Oh, we're not going to eat here. And then they argue about the the food and the pork and everything. It just, it just looks like a good time. honestly, uh, and seeing them all on a train for some reason, I got I got a real big kick out of that. Yeah, that's that's one thing. That's one thing about
2: living in New York that I've really come to appreciate about like movies set in New York, movies and shows set in New York is like actually seeing the trains. It's like,
0: yeah, I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> so people who were actually present at the Defenders panel got a huge treat because they showed the first episode. Oh, Oh, I
3: fucking hate when they do that, and by hate when they do that, I mean they love it, but it's only when it's at New York, because then I can see it.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to go into the spoilers, obviously, of what happens in the first episode, but it does sound cool, uh, and it remains to be seen how the show keeps up its quality from the first episode and on. Um, But people dug it? Yeah, people dug it. There's just one little thing that I really want to mention. No, but I feel like it's not the best idea. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it for you guys. It's a spoiler. I don't anything spoilers. It's Is it? Is
2: it that Iron Fist sucks? Because that's not really a spoiler.
0: <laughs> it's. It's just. Uh, it, it, it. It. Never mind. We won't. We yeah, won't. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Let's fine. not. Let's yeah. not go down that hole. Yeah. Also, at this. Um, at this. Um, uh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Panel. Uh, it was announced that Iron Fist Season 2 will be a thing. Uh, as if there was any question in <sighs> anyone's mind. Uh, we are getting... I have
2: to do this again.
0: <laughs> we are we are getting a, a new season of Iron Fist. Jeff Loeb did announce this. And it was a surprise to the actors themselves, uh, including <laughs> Finn Jones, who was pretty surprised and excited... Um, and this is the following is a. I,
2: I bet I bet he of all people was pretty ex- pretty uh, excited and surprised. <laughs> oh Hell,
0: you're killing
1: me this episode. Uh,
3: <laughs> I still
1: have a job. No, I just want Fuck you to know
3: yeah. this is how you make me feel every week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the following is a quote from Jeff Loeb. Uh, a friend of Colleen Wing may be coming by. And that makes me a little Misty. So obviously he's teasing Misty Knight oh, being yeah. on the show, which is awesome because Misty Knight and um, Colleen Wing are have been a team frequently in the comic books. Uh, so this is pretty cool news. They're both really good, by the
1: way. In the Netflix shows, Misty Knight and Colleen Wing, they're like MVPs of both Luke Cage and Iron Fist.
0: And the reflections that it has and, and the echoes that it has from the comics. I really love the way they've put that stuff together. Oh, I really
3: hope I really hope Luke is in season two of of Iron Fist.
0: So, a lot of the conversation surrounding this show or this announcement, I should say, has been why aren't they just combining the shows and doing Heroes for Hire or Power Man and Iron Fist? And a lot of people, a lot of people feel that way because they feel like both series were underwhelming, and so why not just combine them and see what you can make out of that? I disagree. I think there's still well, I don't disagree that they were underwhelming, but. I think that um there's still a lot more meat on the bones for both projects and that combining them isn't necessary necessary quite yet, but I think that's something you could do as a mini series similar to the Defenders, um, after both of them after both shows get a season two. Well I
1: I want a goddamn Heroes My Hire show.
0: <laughs> sure, yeah, for sure. And me too.
3: And I think it's really funny that I mean, I I personally liked both Luke Cage and Iron Fist, and I'm prepared for a season two. Um, however, I think it is really funny that, like, historically, the reason that they got teamed up was because neither of them could really carry a solo book. And then now people are like, neither of these solo series are that good. Why don't we put them together?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is funny. So, in addition to all of that, we also got some Punisher stuff from um, the Defenders panel. There was a a video produced that shows Ann Lee kind of watching or narrating, I should say, different clips from the Defenders show. Um, And at the tail end of it, we get a short, maybe 10 second clip of the Punisher. Um, And I mean, it was really cool. Uh, But in addition to that, because that's not even that's nothing compared to what else we got. Well, we didn't get it, unfortunately, because we're not at San Diego Comic Con. But people who were present did get to see a clip from the Punisher series that's coming out. Oh, uh, goddammit. it! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, John Bernthal was there, uh, and the clip, you know, it shows Frank Castle doing what Frank Castle does. We don't get any idea of what the story's going to be like, but we see him just murdering people, and that's kind of what we want out of our Punisher. So. Uh, that's what was shown there Um, we're gonna get it later this year or at least that's the expectation we'll probably get in a sort of some sort of teaser at the end of the Defenders series which they have done in the past historically so we can look for more information about that when Defenders does drop so uh, there's there's plenty more to talk about because we did get some more Marvel news Um, Marvel Studios had some uh some really, really cool footage that did debut. Uh it's a clip from well, not a clip, it's a sizzle reel from Avengers Infinity War. Uh so we got to see well, again, we didn't get to see it. Um, but we got to see some of the first reaction the first interactions uh between the different groups of characters, including the Guardians, uh meeting the avengers for the first time or i should say an avenger uh the first avenger that they do meet is thor um and there was just so so much cool stuff so many cool interactions described uh i'm not going to go through it all there was just one thing that i really wanted to highlight because i thought it was so badass um so the following is a description from the sizzle reel black panther fights an outrider appearing as it did in infinity if infinity is a comic book uh uh, story arc: Thor's head is squeezed by Thanos. Thanos pummels Iron Man in a fight. The Guardians are all defeated. Thanos has assembled the Infinity Gauntlet. He throws a moon at an entire planet. Oh my God! What is cooler than that?
3: We're gonna uh, we're gonna get some crazy comic book shit here.
0: Just
2: another
1: Saturday morning for Thanos, the
2: yep. Mad Titan. I I honestly why is he why is he so mad? Because uh, death doesn't love him, buddy.
3: Yeah. He's a, basically Thanos' whole thing is he's a fuck boy.
2: He's a cuck. <laughs> That's for Matt Murphy. Hey. Say hey. say that language for the long box. We don't use Thank that you. here. Shame on you. You know better than that. Kiss your mother with that mouth. You kiss Sean with that mouth? <laughs> yes.
0: Uh newer newer comics have great have done a, a greater job of establishing Thanos as a character and and establishing his motivations better but um
3: i mean that og storyline where it's literally just like i want to fuck death and i'm gonna just do things to impress her until she notices me
0: (laughs) yeah so it seems like it seems like the avengers the guardians they're all gonna get their asses kicked uh which is pretty pretty exciting um which is what i like to see well we'll see how closely it uh veers to the comics Uh, i'm really excited for this obviously we did get confirmation that a trailer is coming really soon i highly doubt we're gonna see one um within san diego comic-con but if we do uh we'll certainly be talking about it on the next episode of the comics pals so definitely stay tuned for that anything else you guys want to say about that could be good could be So, we also got the first trailer, well, the first official trailer for The Gifted, which is uh, an X-Men or mutant show on Fox. It's not an X-Men show because these aren't the X-Men. In fact, we learned from the panel, the Fox panel, that this show doesn't even take place in the same timeline as anything we've seen so far, from the movies or the comics or anything. It exists in its own world, which... Seems really silly to me, um, but before we get into that, let's talk about the trailer itself. Any uh, feedback about the trailer?
4: It looked interesting. Um, it's definitely not like a, a Legion it's or a, what are the Fox shows do they even have out? I don't know. Um, but
2: uh, it looked it, it reminded me a lot of Heroes.
4: Yeah, I was gonna say it, like the the everybody sort of has powers and kind of like comes together. That whole like theme um i don't know it looked it looked okay nothing nothing really stood out to me um it seemed like very derivative of heroes and that's a great series so i mean i'm probably gonna watch it because because of the similarities
2: uh uh, matt nix is at least directing the pilot is that right or is he doing the whole show at least the pilot
0: they also sure. name
3: drop Brian Singer as a director, so I, he might be
0: involved at some capacity. He's, yeah, but... he's attached, but I'm not sure the level of his attachment.
2: I I like to burn notice a lot, so yeah. If if Matt Nix is on, I'm I'll give it a shot. Like, uh, he's great.
3: Like visually, I didn't I didn't think it was like a super interesting trailer or anything. Yeah. But but like the the plot and the premise itself, I find to be really interesting. Like, it seems as though. This mother and father are both humans. The father is like in a police force that's tasked to bring in mutants, and then finds out his kids are both mutants, and now they're on the run and stuff. And like that seems like that could be a really interesting story. You know, like I like family dynamics, and I don't know, it it it, it could be good.
0: Yeah, I mean i I think this I think this looks pretty solid, actually. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely different than any of the X Men universe offerings that we've gotten i really wish it was taking place in the same timeline as the rest of the uh x-men films or i mean that's so ridiculous now who even knows what that would mean uh but it's i like the cast of characters i love that we're finally getting blink i think that's super cool um and i love that that the root of this story is this family i think that's awesome uh and it and it gets to the core of what a lot of x-men stories are about which is the oppression. Of a minority group of people. Uh, So we'll see how that plays out. I think this trailer was awesome. Will I watch it? Probably not. Alright, so moving right along. There were more announcements. Coming from the Fox camp. What? No. Uh, (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, This should excite you a lot, Phil. Since you love Fox. Um, We... (laughs) (laughs) Called out like a... Uh, we've got some news about their, what they're going to do with Fantastic Four, because according to Noah, Noah Hawley, who is the writer and director who worked on Legion, um, and also Fargo for FX, um, but Legion, obviously, which has been super successful. So it looks like Fox is going to up his status, Somewhat, and at the end of the Legion panel at San Diego Comic Con, he had the following to say Because I'm at Comic Con, I wanted to let you know about a movie I'm developing for Fox. The first word is Doctor, and the second is Doom. So it sounds like he's teasing that he's working on a Doctor Doom movie. So Fargo.
2: It's a real dumb way to announce (laughs) that. <laughs> uh, 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 that's I. I I'm funny. more moved by Sean
3: saying it sounds like <laughs> it's like let's what else What else could he be teasing? It you know, rhymes like he with said...
1: Foctor and foom thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, that's what I thought. Right, exactly. <laughs> Dang, I'm there for that. I so, oh, watched the crap out Fargo of Fargo
1: and Legion are shows that a lot of people have been really uh, promoting to me as being like the best shit on television. Uh, If he's the guy working on Dr. Doom, I say this with a full sincerity of the words that I usually say, could be good.
3: So, I'm of two minds there. I'm inclined to agree with you, Phil, because the pedigree here is good. And, like, if they actually give him full creative control and let him make the Dr. Doom movie he wants to make, it actually might be good. That being said... I don't think Fox is going to do that because, I mean, like, I don't know, right? Like, it's. I'm using past things to inform this decision and that might not track. But if you look at, like, oh, the guy who made Chronicles is going to make the Fantastic Four movie, that could be good. It wasn't.
1: But after that, they let, what's his name, have full creative control of Logan. So if they let him do that, it most certainly could be good. In fact, I would say it should be good.
2: Even with noah holly behind it like i i'm a big i only saw the first season of fargo but i absolutely loved it and legion uh on the on the same level i just don't care about a doctor doom
0: movie oh, it, i totally disagree I,
3: I would love a doctor doom movie
0: i'm with kale because all right so you have this director you have this writer who you're super confident in right and you want to do better with the Fantastic Four franchise. So, what is the logic in making a Doctor Doom movie instead of just letting this guy make a Fantastic Four movie that that's good? Why why not just do that? I think Maybe said he wanted to make. Doom. Yeah, I'm thinking he doesn't. Yeah. I think he just wants to make a Doctor Doom movie. That's a that's that's a that's a read. We don't know that. If like. If you have the opportunity to make a Fantastic Four movie and you've got a great director, why would you make a Doctor Doom movie when we've seen Doctor Doom? All- this would be the third time that we've seen this character within the last uh, well, fifteen years, um, which is insane. Uh, he's now he's not even gonna <laughs> said
2: that we've had six Spider Men in the in the same amount of time. Spider-Man, I do if that's so Spider-Man's ridiculous. Spider Man's
0: different than Doctor Doom though.
2: But
1: I think that works in Doctor Doom's favor in this case because more people have seen those Spider-Man movies than have seen any of the Fantastic Four movies. That may be true, but hmm. why not? That's just, a good point. But again, why not make a Fantastic Four movie? Again, I, like like Pete and I said, it sa- I get this. I get this. This feeling that uh, Fox is being a little more liberal with with creatives making movies and. He probably didn't want to make a Fantastic Four movie. If he if he himself announced Doctor Doom at this convention in the way he did, it sounds like a passion
3: project. Yeah, it sounds like the only reason this movie is getting made is because he wants to make it, and they're they have trust in him because he's succeeded for for them in the past. Yeah, that's a lot I, of. It's ooh. a weird choice, but that to me is the only way that it makes sense. Unless they're seeing, oh, Sony's making a bunch of villain movies, let's do that. But like. I don't think that makes sense either.
1: It's not like studios are like, wow, Sony has all these ideas that might flop. Let's try that right. too.
3: Yeah. It's like the only logical thing to me is that this guy has had two really successful projects. And they they want to facilitate him doing more things that are going to be successful for them. But they want to let him do the things he wants to do creatively like they did with um, with Logan.
0: And Deadpool. Okay, Wait. So stop. Now – Let's continue that conversation, but with this added context, that in a Hollywood Reporter article, the, there's a rumor that the director of – or excuse me, the, the co-writer of the Lego Batman movie, Seth Graham, G- Graham Smith, is already at work on a Franklin Richards movie.
3: I heard about this too. Right.
0: Right. And That's cool. a couple of weeks ago we talked about them wanting to make a more kids friendly movie with Franklin and Valeria at the helm with Thing and uh, Human Torch as their like mentors and that that yeah. would be well, the new like now, Fantastic hang on. Four film.
2: Now that sounds like a that sounds like a fucking movie. I'll go see that. I'll go see the fuck out of that. What?
0: But why not make a Fantastic Four movie with Reed and Sue? What? What why can't that work?
3: I mean, cause I, I probably think that their thought is they've done that three times in the last 15 years to your point, and they're all bad. I think Fantastic Four on the big screen have a, they have, there's negative baggage there. And I think like this is still using those characters, retaining that property and trying to find a way to make it work. But you can make a bunch of movies that aren't called the Fantastic Four. And to the average person, they're not going to be, oh, the Fantastic Four, those movies suck. I'm not going to go see this. They can get it packaged to them in a different way. And maybe they'll think it's different.
1: It feels like Fox is letting certain craves play with the IPs they own uh, like, the X-Men movies are their big studio projects. They invest all the money in those movies. But then movies like Logan, Deadpool, Franklin Richards, or Doctor Doom, they're just letting directors be directors, writers be writers, and tell stories. Which, to Deadpool and Logan's benefit, worked really well. And, I yeah, think and with it, smaller budgets. And with smaller budgets, exactly. And, like, the like reinforce what Cale's saying, I think that sounds like a great movie.
2: I think, like, part of it, too, is, like, the ability appeal of the Fantastic Four isn't necessarily the origin. I mean, so, like, if you think about, like, The Incredibles, that's a Fantastic, Four, Fantastic movie. Four movie. And we never really got an origin. Like, we have no idea how these people got their powers. They're just a family with powers. Yeah, it's irrelevant. I think, I think that's, like, you know, that's been their big mistake, is they're trying to make an origin movie. And you know, it's just not going to work because we don't live in that era anymore. And like the fantastic four was so their origin is so rooted in, you know, the, the space race and, and beating Russia and communism. And, you know, it's just not, not that it's not relevant, but it's just well, not it's relevant.
1: Not that, but like, I agree to an extent, but like certain characters, it's part of, it's part of the, the, the ethos of the character. Spider-Man like, gets power and has learned how to use it responsibly. Superman comes from a dying world, he has all the powers of the world, has learned how to use it responsibly. Batman's entire life's informed by his parents dying. Fantastic Four getting their powers? Not really what's important. What's important is that it's a family that stays together. And you can, yeah. you can express that without an origin story.
0: So, oh right, yeah, you guys are totally right, so tell that story then. I don't Oh, what do I,
2: I would love I, to tell that fucking story? Why don't you tell Sony to hire me? I'll write them a fam, fucking fantastic I, four movie. That's what I'll call it—the fucking fantastic four movie. And it'll be better than any any fucking. <sighs> it, 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 <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> Sony will hire
1: you to write a movie they don't own the rights stuff. So.
2: Maybe Sony should hire me to do
1: it. That's,
2: <laughs> maybe that's their problem.
0: So moving right along, uh, we got some comics news. There is actual comics news. At New York Comic Con, coming from the Marvel camp. San Diego Comic Con. I'm sorry, San Diego Comic Con. (laughs) Uh, We did learn uh, at the Secret Empire panel that um, Mark Wade and Chris Samney are actually going to be helming the return of hero Captain America Steve Rogers to the Marvel Comics. Uh, books. This creative team What? Yeah, There's a creative team that's been together for some time. They worked on Daredevil they worked on Black Widow Um, and so they're going to be working together on Captain America starting with number 695 which will be released in November. I I think this is cool. I I Mark Wade's most recent Marvel offerings haven't lit me on fire Um, Boy I,
2: I don't know if I've said this on the show Champions was a hard letdown for me. I
0: like Champions, but it's the only thing he does that I'm enjoying right now. I know a lot of people are fans Boy. of this Daredevil run. I read it for a while. I gave it an honest shot because I really like Daredevil and I like Mark Wade, but I just couldn't do it. Um, Black Widow, I didn't care for too much. It was all right. Um, and so I don't know how excited I am for this particular book. But
3: I feel like Mark Wade is one of those writers where... I'm, like, very hot or cold on. Like, there are some things he does I really like, and, like, others that, like you said, are just kind of, like, kind of a letdown. So I'll be interested to see which one of these this is. But,
1: he, you know. When he's on, he's one of the best writers in the industry, I think. Yes. Um, yes. But I just I lately, he's been more
3: off than on. I wonder if he's just stretched too thin right now.
2: It felt, uh, and uh, like, when I read uh champions for me it, it felt lazy. Um I don't know. I don't know if it's that he's stretched thin because he's doing so much Archie stuff as well as, you know, his Marvel offerings and God everything else he's doing, but it just like it feels like he f- is just phoning it in. Or
4: it's
3: like I don't know, man, maybe it's also that like he's too old to write that book.
2: I don't know maybe. But uh I, I went on a big rant that I won't repeat here just because this isn't this isn't what we're talking about, but um it just it all just felt like stuff that was lazy and that I could do, you know. One of the big examples I had was uh, you know, the the Asian American kid didn't like Japanese internment and he's got a real issue with internment. Wouldn't he, wouldn't he though? Yeah, but that's how he said it. That's literally what the, the line that I just said was di actual dialogue in the comic? That's rough. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
4: <laughs> what is this, America? <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that worked on. Th- that worked on two levels. Marco
0: with the <laughs> The first thing Marco says in the last fifteen minutes gets everyone. It was fucking good. Um, I I do want to say that this book is going to be Captain America. Kind of on the road, uh, taking a trip across America. Um, he needs to...
2: Trying to fix what he broke. <laughs> he, needs to,
0: he needs to fix the perception of him in the public after Secret Empire. This is very reminiscent of what they did with Superman during yeah. the J. Michael Straczynski Ungrounded. run, Grounded. which was not great. Uh, I don't see why that would work any better necessarily with Cap, but I'm definitely here for it, and I'll give it a chance. Sean, has Wade ever written the Captain America book before? Yes, uh, he's written Captain America twice before. Are they good? Were they good? Well, one of them was um, like during or right before Heroes Reborn, that crap that happened in 96. Yeah. And then uh, after, but but neither run was particularly long. And I never read them, so I can't speak to their quality. I feel like see Mark Wade has a
1: really good grip on Superman as a character. I feel like Captain America is a character he would have a really good grip on as well, so I mean it'd be something I'd be willing to give a chance because Mark Wade used to be a really good writer, and I feel like it's a character that should be in his wheelhouse.
3: I feel like that's such a good story too. The idea of like Captain America like people's faith in him has been shaken, and he's going to go on like a road trip across America and like help people and do Captain America things like I I can see that being really good if it's if it's handled well.
2: Well, and with uh, with Chris Samney's art, I think I at least that part will be really. really There's good.
3: definitely like the, the ingredients here for a really good comic, whether or not it'll come together is something we'll just have to see.
0: Yep. So uh, not everything that happens during San Diego Comic Con season is necessarily. Uh, announcement related, there is something major that does happen around this time of year that uh, everyone is always excited for, and we're talking the about the Eisners. Yes, thank you. My birthday. Oh. Now, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the Eisners because there's so much more to get to, but I did want to shout out a few of the major wins uh, and awards that were, that were handed out. Um, so, Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples, you know, they swept up big time here at the Eisners. Um. obviously got the best writer right um, well so they got best continuing series for saga Um. and then I and then uh, I believe that he also won best writer he did win best writer for paper girl saga and we stand on guard Um. Fiona Staples won for best inker or I'm sorry best penciler and inker um, which is fantastic and then is that again, two separate awards no that's the same award and then, um, best cover artist. She also took took away that award nice. for Saga as well. Yo, so yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of Saga stuff there in that creative team, uh, cleaning house. And then I also wanted to shout out our guy Tom King because mm-hmm. Tom King got two awards as well. Um, he got best I short, got two? yeah, but two um, best short story for uh good boy that he did with david finch Um, yeah that was great and that was in but that's a that's in batman number one um batman annual number one it's a story in there um and best limited series for vision with gabriel hernandez nice yes good shit yep so very very cool stuff Um,
3: man yeah that's like some of our favorite creators is
4: cleaning up house And I I wanted to shout out uh, Jeff Lemire because he got best new series for Black Hammer um, and Matt Wilson for coloring Wicked and Divine. Though I think every year Belair should always win. So whatever. (laughs) Yeah, but he really killed it in the
2: Wicked and Divine this year. Yeah, he did, yeah. And that could be because Belair mostly, is she writing? She's writing Uh, stuff She has
4: this one series coming out, Redlands, uh, I think it was called. So yeah, she's like, transitioning i
0: guess um and matt wilson won best coloring uh for cry havoc paper girls wicked and divine black widow mighty thor and star lord so this guy was everywhere this year he is incredible yeah he he really is incredible but i don't want to leave out the um, other nominees because there are some amazing nominees on this list in particular laura martin who is my favorite colorist in comics um and she worked on wonder woman uh ragnarok at idw and black panther for marvel and then Elizabeth Brettweiser, who I really love as well. She does all the Ed Brubaker stuff. So, Criminal, Killer Be Killed, and okay. Velvet, which were nice. three of my favorite books this year. So, um, congrats to her for being nominated. And that's just like an amazing class of, of uh, colorists. So, no surprise, you know, not everyone can win. Um, and then also, best, um, best um, comics related journalism was won by the AV Club. And it was won by the Comics
3: Pals. Congrats,
0: yeah, congrats to <laughs> them and everything. That's fantastic. But I just want to say, stay tuned to this list next year. Because <laughs> oh. the Comics Pals Attaboy. are coming Attaboy. for that number one spot.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I've been practicing my Bro, speech. if we
3: if we went a fucking Eisner,
1: followed by the Lombax, No, they're not even getting
0: nominated. They're getting a fucking Raspberry. A <laughs> oh, <the>
3: Raspberry.
1: Razz-
0: <laughs> oh man. Cool. So that's the Eisners this year. Uh diving back into the uh San Diego Comic Con news, we've got confirmation that a spawn movie is coming. A new spawn movie is on the way. Todd Farland announced that uh at San Diego Comic Con. Todd, yeah, sorry, Todd McFarlane. Um, he's actually going to direct it, which is interesting. Um, yeah,
3: he's been talking about this for forever. Like this thing's been in development for like three or four years.
0: It, it's it's being produced by Blumhouse Productions, which worked on Get Out, Split, and Paranormal Activity. That whole franchise. So, oh shit, yeah, a lot of very huh? really right. good pedigree there. Um, so that's really exciting. Uh, last year he talked about it. Um, and he said that it would be a dark, R-rated, scary, badass sort of script. Now, whether or not it's actually going to be R-rated, we don't know, because that was a year ago, things change. We don't know anything about the cast or release date or anything like that. We just know that the movie is coming, so yeah.
3: That's really interesting. I didn't know he had partnered with them. That's a really interesting production choice with that studio. I'm sure he went with them so he, he could retain full creative control and direct it. You know someone who he probably has very little directing experience. So
0: it's also going to be a horror movie, and they, that production house. Look at what they've they done. Do. So I, I think a, a smaller budget horror film with Spawn at the head. If you, if any of you guys have ever watched the HBO Spawn series, you'll know that it can be done. That show is phenomenal. It's a horror based show, uh, very grounded, but with Spawn at at the helm. So. If they go down that road, I think it could be great.
3: I think this could be really cool as long as he's got the chops for it, you know?
2: I mean, look at what they do with Jordan Peele and get out. Like, I'm, sh- like that. if, if he was going to do it, like, this is a place to do yeah, it. Yeah,
3: right. Like, again, Jordan Peele is another, like, a perfect example of this of, like, this is not someone that you're probably going to, like, no other studio is going to give him the chance to make the movie he wanted to make. And he goes to this small place, gives him a small budget and they get really talented people who are willing to work for less money and yeah i i really think this could come together and be really cool as long as uh mcfarland's up to the task of directing
0: uh so that's something on the way and I'm, i'm really excited for that uh we we also got some dark horse announcements this year um the the majority surrounding burger books burger books burger books uh, so this is Karen Berger's new line at, um, at Dark Horse, something that a lot of us are, are very excited about. And we now know some of the books that are going to be coming, uh, which include Incognigro, a new edition of yeah. that, and the originals. Um, so starting off, we've got Hungry Ghosts. Which is a four-four four issue anthology series, uh, which is going to include art by Vanessa Del Rey, Leo Manco, Alberto Ponticelli, Paul Pope, and Mantius Santo Loco. So that's a that's a lot of um, creatives there. Uh, Hungry Ghost is going to be coming out July thirty first, twenty eighteen. So right around the corner. <clears throat> um, Matt Johnson, who worked on. Sorry, uh- I'm I'm so sorry, Sean. Uh, the
2: big pull for that one, for me at least, uh, for Hungry Ghost is that Anthony Bourdain is right.
0: Yes, now. yes. Anthony Bourdain is right.
2: Uh, and I like I never knew I wanted to read uh-huh. a comic book by Anthony Bourdain, but I'm really interested to see how that's going to go.
0: Yeah, and it's also being written by so Joe Rose. That's what's exciting yeah. for me. Um. Also, Matt Johnson, uh, who uh, created Incognito. Uh, is going to be teaming up with Warren Police to and who also Drew Incognigro. They're going to reunite for Incognito Renaissance, which is a prequel series. Um so I I've, I've never read Incognito. Um so I I don't know a ton about what it's about, but um it
4: yeah, it's um uh he's a reporter. He's a journalist a reporter and what he does is because he's he's black and he's from the north, what he does is he goes to um, the South, and because he is much more fair skinned, he's able to sort of fit in within the white, um, the like the white people of the South. He's able to like pass through more or less unnoticed. Um, and he tries to discover who murdered, uh, I forget who, but it was like somebody he, th- th- there's a murder, and he's like sent to try to figure out like the story around it. And it deals with uh, with race and the like pre civil rights stuff.
3: Yeah, this is awesome. really good. That sounds cool. Yeah.
4: Um, so, wait, so where
3: was that book originally? Was that originally a Dark Horse book or?
4: Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Vertigo. Yeah, maybe.
0: Oh, Vertigo. Oh, okay. okay. Huh, that's interesting. And yeah, so that's that's coming out February 6, 2018. Um, it's it's going to be a graphic novel and not, it's not going to be single issues. So. Yeah, both are graphic novels. Yeah. Yeah. So, we also got Matahari, which is a new series that's going to be coming out by writer Emma Beebe and artist Ariella Christantina. Emma did Judge Dredd and Ariella did Insects. Uh, So, it's a five-issue series based on a controversial and historical figure, Matahari, who is notorious as the original stripper spy, exotic dancer, convicted double agent, and femme fatale. Uh, Yeah, Executed by a french firing squad in 1917 many have since questioned the conviction a century after her death matahari tells her story through fictional diary excerpts drawn from biographies of the real woman whose past has been shrouded in mystery by both the lies of her accusers and the outlandish stories she told about herself
3: that sounds that's cool a marco book yeah that's very book. That's, yeah. that's really cool mm-hmm.
4: I, I i think the artist was from insects right Yeah, that's a a good, like, um, erotic horror, body horror kind of thing. Uh, I haven't haven't read it, but um, it's it's one of those that's, like, high up on my list. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, And then we also learned, this is really awesome, um, Ann Nocenti, who uh, worked on Daredevil and Catwoman, is teaming up with David Aja of Hawkeye and Immortal Iron Fist for The Seeds. That's a crazy creative team. She's a very Um, good writer. Yeah, The Seeds is going to be a four-issue series uh, set in a future America where fact-based reporting is gasping its last breath. An idealistic journalist stumbles into the story of a lifetime only to realize that she can't report it. Instead, she has to pitch the biggest myth of her career, an eco-fiction tech thriller where flora and fauna have begun to mutate. The Seeds is also a story of love Beyond race and gender, and of the resilience of both human and animal kind, and the first issue of that's going to drop March twenty eighth, twenty eighteen. Cool. So that's sounds cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds
3: really cool. That that's a peep book.
0: And then the last announcement is the Originals: The Essential Edition. Uh, it's an oversized new edition of Vertigo's two thousand and four Eisner Award winning graphic novel from Dave Gibbons. Uh, oh, yeah. Legend. Okay. Legendary. I never artist, read that before. That's me cool. neither. Who worked on I'll The watch? obviously. Uh, in a retro-futuristic city of industrial gray, where hover scooters, music, and drugs rule the street, the originals are the toughest, most stylish gang around. For two childhood friends, nothing is more important than being one of them, but... Being part of the crowd will pr- will bring its own deadly consequences. So it's going to have thirty two pages of never be- never before seen art, process pieces, and behind the scenes stuff. So if you've read the originals, that's really cool for you. And if you haven't, maybe pick it up.
3: That sounds great. Yeah, D- he wrote Andrew it. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll just check that out.
0: So Burger's books hitting twenty eighteen hard.
3: Yeah, when, when's the first title? It's like not.
0: It's it's uh it's the it's in January January twenty eighth I think I said it's the okay um, yeah yeah so man
3: so it's like yeah they're gonna come right out of the fucking gate twenty eighteen and then just dominate.
0: Hungry Ghost is the first out and and January thirty first actually so this is
3: this is exciting man these are like I'm interested in all of these books.
0: Yeah, I have I have some interest in everything that we just talked about. Um, so good for them, good for Dark Horse. I like to see them on the rise. Good for Burger. Good for Burger. She Uh, deserves it. Yeah. So, at the Walking Dead panel. The Walking Dead panel is always very exciting because you never know exactly what you're going to get. I went there once and got to see the first 15 minutes of the first episode of Season 3 of The Walking Dead. Um, This year, fans who were present got treated to the trailer for Season 8. Now, of course, this was released on YouTube by AMC, so all the rest of us, all the rest of us, got to see it as well. But on the comics, pals, Pete and I are the only true fans of The Walking Dead, so we're gonna talk about this trailer for a little bit while the other pals do whatever you do when you don't watch The Walking Dead. Uh, eat, eat, <laughs>
3: <laughs> eat, and sleep, probably. Yeah. So,
0: Pete,
2: what time's The Walking Dead? Come on, like nine? nine? Yeah, yeah. Probably at work. Kills. Alright guys, I'll see you later. <laughs>
3: <laughs> at that point, Kale's already like been in bed for two hours.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, my- <laughs> Nine o'clock, I'm probably getting up to go pee. <laughs> for the third time.
0: Uh, so Pete, I mean, what'd you think, man? Um,
3: so I thought this was a cool trailer. I thought it, it was put together very interestingly i thought like the musical cues were very strange at first and then the way that it naturally built um i thought it, it got really tense and it was good i thought it was a good trailer uh i mean my major takeaway from it is that i think it's cool but also a little disappointing that i feel like they they definitively told us exactly what this season is by showing us like where it like if you're if you're a reader of the comics anyway, you can look at this and see exact like this entire season is the all out war storyline, which is the confrontation with Negan coming to a head, actual war, and then the final shot shows what is the aftermath of that event. Um, or alludes to it anyway. So I won't spoil that for anyone who didn't catch that, but um as someone who does also read the comics, it was Very cool to have that affirm that this season is going to finish this storyline, but it's also something I kind of would have liked to have figured out as a viewer, you know?
0: I think think based on where the last season ended, there was – I mean, I'm not caught up on the books, so I can't speak to that storyline, but it was clear we were going to get Negan versus – Rick and the gang. That was It was it was for
3: clear sure. we were gonna get all out war for sure, but I didn't know that it was gonna be like definitively ended this season either. Maybe it won't. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but that unless that last shot is from the following season, uh, it definitely is gonna end well, this season.
0: Well, we might as well talk about what that shot is, because this is a trailer, anyone can watch it. So at the very, very end, we do get to see what appears to be a very old Rick.
3: Yeah. And, and there's the illusion of him with the cane, right? So again, I'm going to give you a mild spoiler. If you do if you don't want to spoil it for the walking dead comics, just skip ahead a couple seconds. So the conclusion of all out war is that there's a, a time skip and there's a three year gap between the end of the war and where the next issue picks up. And the next issue picks up with that shot of like Rick getting ready and everything. And then you f- Finally, get to look at him. He's older. His hair short. He's got this gray beard, and he's crippled.
0: Yeah i i think I think if if they're going to go down that road, that makes sense for this show. I, I really, I really don't have any <clears throat> any problems with that. Um, I think it's 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 appropriate. I think, but it it all depends on how this season ends. You know, it all depends on 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 where we go from here. I really love the trailer. Uh, it was long. It's five minutes and twenty seconds which is very long for a trailer, um, but it gives you everything that you want to see from The Walking Dead. Um, honestly, I don't have a ton to say about it other than it looks great. It, it's more of the same, which is not a problem when you're talking about one of the better shows on television for the last, what, seven, eight years. Uh, so I'm excited for for you know what this season is going to be.
3: Uh, I think this is going to be a really exciting season, too, just because, like, this storyline is great, and similar to what we were talking about with the Defenders, um, Walking Dead's kind of been pulling, like, a Game of Thrones thing for a little while, where we're getting all these different factions, and we have storylines with each of them, and it's going to be really great to finally see all of the people that we care about together working together in this like what is a major event in the comics so it's going to be like i think a very high octane season i don't think we're going to have a lot of the slow kind of breather episodes that we usually get because there's a lot of ground to cover frankly right
0: yeah all of them all the character interactions that we love all that stuff is present it's more walking dead i'm there for it when it comes out yeah can't wait yep uh so now we'll get into the dc portion of what's been revealed so far from San Diego Comic-Con, and I wanted to lead off with what has me the most excited, which, of course, is Grant Morrison's return to DC Comics. Uh, so, Grant Morrison uh, appeared at San Diego Comic-Con during DC during a DC Comics panel, um, in which he announced that he's going to be doing Arkham Asylum 2, which is major major news uh it's going to be a 122 page story that's going to focus on adult damian wayne as batman um so it's major and exciting if you if you are unfamiliar um we saw damian wayne as batman in the batman 666 issue on which was phenomenal absolutely loved it um And so this is going to be, I would imagine, somewhat of a continuation to that, seeing him going into Arkham, similar to Arkham Asylum Part 1. Um, And he's going to be teaming up with Chris Burnham, who's going to be doing the art for that uh, series. Um, And then also we got got confirmation of Wonder Woman Earth 1 Part 2, which is the second part in a three-part series that Grant has planned. Which is is also super. Also,
3: especially because uh, if you're not on Instagram, you can follow uh, the artist Yannick Paquette, and he's sharing a bunch of pages from it, and it looks so goddamn good. I fucking god man, I can't believe
4: Nazis,
3: dude. I can't believe I didn't know who he was before Earth One because I am like his art is fucking incredible. Yeah,
4: check something, dude.
3: I, dude, I'm gonna read it. I, I'm gonna read it because he did it. You know,
1: I, I spoke to him in New York uh, for a good while, and he was telling me all about uh, Volume Two and the plans I had. And oh man, it sounds so exciting!
0: I can't wait. I need, I need Grant Morrison on D, on on superhero comics. And DC has been his home off and on for over ten years at this point. And this is this is my stuff Uh, 25 years yeah well i I, yeah absolutely i guess i just meant from when he left marvel so so good um i'm not gonna spend a ton of time praising grant morrison but uh, we do
1: that every episode exactly but but uh arkham asylum 2 i know this is something marco has taken a great exception with um i think grant has a story to tell Based off Batman six 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 alone, that gives me a lot of enthusiasm because that's a great issue. And adult Damian Wayne, there's a it's a untapped well of story and potential. And I'm I'm pumped for whatever that could manifest itself into being. Yeah, for sure. Can't could I be can't
0: good? wait. Will be good. This is this is Grant we're talking could about. Could be good. Uh Marco you know what, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> Marco, did you
3: did you express what you didn't like about it?
4: Uh, I think uh, my only reservation was just like it was something I didn't uh, I didn't need. Uh, same thing with like the Batman was it number three, Master oh, dark, Race? Like it was Dark Knight a, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it was just something that that I, it was just something I didn't express interest in directly, and, and my expressing that was controversial. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, because uh, you had said that... I said, you I said, said no that thank it was you. Like, uh,
4: like, that was... It.
2: Uh, well, what what you had actually said about Arkham Asylum was that it was stuff that we'd seen before, like the diving into Batman's like actual mental condition or whatever. Oh, maybe oh he's like originally, one that's yeah, insane. yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I can see that. A- again, uh, you know, my opinion of that is, well, of course... We've seen that before. He's the one that started mm-hmm. that. So, oh wait,
3: Kale, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Are we talking about Craven's Last time?
2: Yeah, similar thing. <laughs> I'm
3: just, I'm just busting your balls. There's a good <laughs> call, though, Pete. Call back to an episode that the listeners have not heard yet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it'll be, it'll
4: be out. It'll be out. I'm editing it.
2: <laughs> Soon, right TM, now. Uh, TM. I, but I, I, I do. I think I, I feel actually fairly similar to Marco on this. I. Initially was I don't know, not upset. Upset's not the right word. I could care less about it, but I don't I don't want to see an Arkham Asylum 2. I'm not pumped about that. Um the idea of making it a Damian Wayne book though does make it interesting. But and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris Burnham was the Six
0: Six Six author. He wise. was the art wasn't it Andy Kubert? No. Was it, it was it? That was oh, Andy Kubert. Oh,
2: shit. Chris Burnham did uh, Batman Inc., right? Ah, That's where okay. my confusion came that, from. That makes me think this isn't going to be much like A Serious House on Serious Earth.
1: Yeah, his art, his art isn't similar they, to Dave McKean. D-
2: yeah. At all. Like, they're wholly different things. So, that... Uh, that that makes me go, oh okay. Yeah, maybe that'll maybe that'll work. Maybe that'll scratch another itch.
0: I'm I'm excited for the fact that it's Damien. If it was just gonna be Bruce again, I don't need that. We got that story. It was good. Let's leave that alone. Damien, that's a different story that he's got a totally different personality. So I'm ready for that series for sure.
1: Not just that, but like doing this Damien story, it's just it could be anything. Like With Batman, you know the playground he's going to interact in. With Damien, it could literally be anything. 666 made it like this hellscape kind of thing. Like, you could do.
0: The potential is infinite for a story there. Absolutely. And that's exciting. So, continuing on with DC and Batman, uh, the DC Dark Knights Metal and Dark Dark Matter panel uh, had a lot of different reveals uh, that were awesome. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo are. Really excited about this Dark Knight's Metal thing, and um, I really love what they've been announcing so far and their enthusiasm. Uh, Probably the coolest thing that they talked about and revealed was the Dark Batman, is the only way to put it, um, that come from the Dark dark Multiverse. Uh, Did you guys get a chance to, to take a look at them?
1: That's so campy
0: and goofy. I saw yeah, the picture so of the flash. they're one. they're actually yeah I agree with you Phil they're very like kind of goofy but they also look super super cool I think um and so you've got a a Flash version you've got a a, a super hulked out Batman you've got an, a female Aquaman you've got a Green Lantern um a Superman and then one who I can't really tell who that is who's the blue one any any guesses on that the cyborg could be could be cyborg oh wait is that is that the uh the jokers that one we actually haven't seen yet the batman who laughs uh who's a mix oh, of the joker and batman that's a they great haven't name revealed they haven't revealed that yet well needless to say uh they're all very interesting looking and you guys should definitely check that out um you can click on the link in the description below to see that if you're listening on youtube and if you're not you better google it um <laughs> Good call. Uh, but it's, it's very cool stuff. Um, we also learned that Duke Thomas is going to get his own series, Batman The Signal. I couldn't care less about that. Um, what I do care about is the fact that it's being written by Tony Patrick, who is one of Snyder's graduates of the DC Talent Workshop. I love, love, love that DC has that talent workshop going on and that they're actually giving the writers and artists who graduate from that program work. That's amazing. Um, We also learned, though, uh, that um, we're getting a Plastic Man rebirth. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, not at all. Jeff Lemire is returning to D.C. with a new series called The Terrifics. Uh, It's coming from Dark Knight's Metal, um, and it's going to be a a dark matter, which is like an imprint of its own. Um, and so this book is going to be written by Jeff Lemire, drawn by Ivan Reese, who I'm a huge fan of. And the team is going to be Mr. Terrific, Plastic Man, Fant- uh, Phantom Girl, Metamorpho, and a few other characters. That's a, there's a huge picture that teases uh, various characters who will all be involved in the series. So you can check that out as well.
4: Uh, the the series is also being like co-drawn um, with Shaner, uh Doc Shainer, who uh, I know Cale and I, we really like big cool
2: Silverage guy. Yeah, he did um he did some work with uh I think it was Jeff Parker on the Convergence uh, Captain Marvel yes, stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, real good. I love Doc Shaner. Uh my favorite um com- commentary about this uh we actually saw on um on Reddit. On on Reddit. Yeah. Uh it was uh it was it was basically uh, even d- At this point, even DC is tired of Marvel not publishing a Fantastic Four book. <laughs> Fine, we'll do it ourselves. That's pretty good. It's whatever, DC's got it. Jeff, Le- Jeff Lemire leaves Marvel. Hang on, hold <laughs> my
0: mm-hmm. beat. The other thing uh, that they did announce is a Hawkman one-shot, which will also be written by Lemire, which is going to come out of uh, Dark Knight's Metal, and it's called Hawkman Found. Um, and he's going to be joined by artists Brian Hitch and Kevin Nolan. Uh, so, Hawkman will be returning to the DCU finally with this issue that will come out in December. DC said that the uh, Dark Knight's Metal series will be priced at $299 and will have no variant covers at all. Right. That's, that's all the news that we got so far for uh, Metal and again, I recommend reading the actual like reports from websites like CBR and IGN just because you really get a feeling for how excited all of these creators are about what they're doing with Metal. Um, DC just, they have a knack for telling great um, stories with these crossovers and with these events. And the creators are always so involved, so excited. Metal seems like, the culmination of years of storytelling for Snyder and Capullo. And you can, you can tell when they talk about it, that this is their baby. Yeah,
1: I'm excited. I think it's going to be really enjoyable. Um, What they're really good at those two is like the, like you mentioned this earlier when we were comparing it to the Morrison Batman run or their, uh, their Batman run. It's the high octane action shit. And every story arc felt like it felt cinematic in like a, in a movie blockbuster kind of way. And this event feels like that, too. And while the concept is a little campy and a little um, self-indulgent with the heavy emphasis on Batman shit, that's comic book shit to me. And I think it's really exciting.
4: Uh, hey, guys. Uh, I'm just going to be bouncing out. Got to go grab my parents from the airport. So
0: good show. See you guys later. Swamp Thing forever. <laughs> See you next week, Margo. Later, bud. Bye. So uh, as far as movies go, we did get a, a few announcements. From um, from DC this weekend so far. Uh, the first thing that I do want to talk about is. Death of Superman. And Reign of the Superman. Which are animated films that DC Entertainment is working on. Um, so they also confirmed Gotham by Gaslight. As the very next um, animated feature. They announced Suicide Squad Hell to Pay. Which is the first Suicide Squad film that's going to be set in the um, DCU? Wait, in wasn't, DC Animated Universe? Wasn't Sorry.
1: there one before
2: with Harley Quinn? And- it was, yeah, it was Batman. I think they called it Batman and the Suicide Squad or it's something. A,
0: yeah, it's a Batman movie that features the Suicide Squad. So this is like the first official like Suicide Squad. Um, okay. Movie.
2: Yeah. Uh, do you know on that same track? Didn't they also already do a Death of Superman They did, film?
0: yeah. Well, they did a Superman Doomsday? versus Doomsday movie. So it was called Superman Doomsday. Uh, it came out in 2007, and uh, it was very truncated. It didn't really go into a lot of the different stuff that uh, that storyline entails. These two different um, animated features will tell that whole story, or more of it, I would imagine. So in 2018, late 2018, we'll get Death of Superman and then and that's just going to tell the story of his battle with doomsday and all that stuff and then it's going to be followed by reign of the superman which is obviously going to tell the story of all of the the replacements of superman that spawned from um from his death and then i would imagine it would also tell the story of his return death of superman sucks
1: it's a bad book it's just, it's not even that, like it's just not well written like it's just a publicity stunt that's all it is there's that, Max, there's that Max Landis video where he just, like, shits on that book for an hour and a half that kind of basically summates why it's a bad book. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
3: it's, it's very little of a book. Like, if you actually read the issue, like, there's not much dialogue in it at all. It's just fighting.
1: <laughs> but the uh, reign of the Superman is good. That's good. I'm looking f- – I'd be down to watch that shit.
3: Yeah, I was into that, too. I read that, like – earlier this year for uh an article i was doing research for and i thought it was really cool and like i really got into superboy a little bit so i would would. definitely be down to see him yeah he's my speed yep it's all punk rock he's got a leather jacket and an ear piercing (laughs) (laughs) he's got the fade haircut yeah
0: he's got a sick fade (laughs) i really love the eradicator that's my favorite of the uh supermen
1: yeah, so a bunch of people at DC had come up with ideas for replacements, and they're like, well, we'll do all four.
3: Yeah, we'll see which one's the most popular, and he'll win, and then they just brought back Superman. Well, that was always
2: planned. And the, well, and Su- Superboy and Steel were the ones that made it out.
3: Yeah. like Well, Cyborg well, Superman became a villain. Yeah, and then Supergirl was also involved in that for a while, too, right? Well,
1: she wasn't one of the four Supermen. No, uh, no eradi- but she was in
3: some of those stories, no?
2: I mean, she had been part of the universe, but she wasn't like she wasn't like a mainstay in the. That was Linda
1: at that time. I think this is before Kara.
2: She had the wings. Yeah, yeah. um,
3: They like fought on a bridge or something. I remember she showed up. I don't know. Whatever.
1: Still got a movie. Uh, Cybernetic Superman became the impetus for the Parallax event because he destroyed Coast City. Um, Superboy was Superboy. He, he he was fairly popular in the 90s, and uh, Eradicator was the one that unfortunately kind of became the afterthought. And I was with Sean, because I think Eradicator is a good character.
0: Yeah, of course, the one that I like the most is the one that's dead and gone <laughs> forever. he <laughs> will uh, never be talked about like, again. I like Robin. What? Everybody likes Robin. So, we also learned that the very next DC film that will begin production... And we're talking about feature films here. Is Shazam. Uh, so we're getting a Shazam movie for Finally. sure.
2: Finally. Uh,
0: David Sandberg is going to be directing it. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, however, The Rock is not in it. Womp Womp. The Rock is playing Shazam, or I'm sorry, Black Adam. That's confirmed. He's attached to play that character in a DC film. We just haven't known what film it would be. Everyone assumed, you know, naturally, that it would be in Shazam. But that's not the case. Uh, Jeff Johns confirmed that news, um, saying, We haven't announced any casting yet, but Dwayne isn't going to be in this movie. He's still doing Black Adam, but he won't be in Shazam. That's a bummer. It's a bummer, but I think it's
1: probably a good move. I think John Cena like- versus The Rock.
0: Eventually, yeah. I,
2: I, uh, I'm with Pete. I think this would be a really good chance to explore... A different villain. You know, if we got Savannah or uh, even um, Mr. Mind, he's the worm. This is what a worm looks like for all you audio listeners. He's doing
1: the finger thing. The finger thing means the worm. The finger thing. Uh, <laughs>
2: but. Uh,
3: Kale's actually just doing the worm. He got up and started breakdancing. I'm not really sure what's happening.
2: But uh, it it would be a really good move to make a second movie. Where they fight, I think.
3: I feel like they said they want to make a Black Adam movie. Like that could be where he shows up. Makes you sense, you know? Like, because I feel like I feel like if well, the yeah, Rock is yeah, in the first I, movie, he's going to overshadow whoever the the lead is.
2: And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, make a Black Adam movie if you want, but then uh, put them together and then make him. I duke don't know. It out.
1: Like, you know that 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 formula works fine. Like the original Superman movie, Christopher Reeve was the no name actor as he's surrounded by Marlon Brando, Gene Hackman, massive actors and it's it a great point did not take away from Superman the it did not take away from Chris Reeve's performance at all baby driver which just came out you had Jamie Foxx, John Hamm and uh uh what's his name uh, uh Kevin Spacey all massive actors did not take away from Ansel Elgort's performance like even if Dwayne Johnson's well, in that's it... that's because
2: he had four... He said four words through the whole movie. Yeah, but that was... Stop uh,
3: spoiling things.
1: It was effective um, for the movie, and I don't think <laughs> Dwayne Johnson would take away anything from whoever was cast as am.
3: I guess the only reason I feel that way is because he's, like, in the top three biggest movie stars in the world right now. And I, and I don't know, man. Like, if you have somebody that isn't as good as those people are, I feel like The Rock could easily suck the fucking oxygen out of the room.
2: Yeah, and I think I think... With the Rock as an addition, I think you you would really want whoever is gonna play Shazam to have their chance, and then bring them together to clash, or whatever. So I've been
3: thinking about this a lot too. Um, Before we get off this, like that they're gonna have to cast both Billy and Shazam, and I really hope they get one of the Stranger Kids things, (laughs) one of the stranger (laughs) Stranger Things kids to play Billy.
2: Yeah, I can see it. I hope it's I hope it's Eleven.
3: Oh, yeah, Betty Badson.
0: Uh, Will she turn into a male Shazam? P- uh, kale, hey, wish
1: fulfillment, buddy. <laughs> That's what it's all about. So she wants to be a like a a, a gem rat looking man, like a like a muscle she, builder dude. That's she wants to be John Cena. She wants to be John Cena.
0: Make I a mean, wish. You do. I do not so, want to be John Cena. Don't lie to me. So. There's more uh, DC film news. Um, and I think there's going to be even more than this coming down the pipe. But so far, what we know is that uh, they're, they're, that from Screen Rant, DC is working on a Harley Quinn versus the Joker film, which would be a, a spinoff to Suicide Squad. Uh, allegedly, Jeff Johns is currently producing that. Um, we don't have any details about it, but uh, the the panel, the the DC Comics or DC Films panel that's taking place today should have some news about that, including uh, Justice League, Aquaman, and whatever the sequel to Wonder Woman is going to look like. Um, so, yeah, what do you guys think about that?
1: Uh, first thing is, apparently, according to the... There's a Chinese Justice League Instagram suggesting that tomorrow on Sunday there will be a really long Justice League trailer revealed. Uh but in regard with regard to Harley Quinn versus Joker, it'd be the biggest hot topic movie of all time.
3: Yeah, I uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm like I'm so torn when it comes to Harley Quinn and the Joker because I used to really like Harley Quinn as a character, um, but I the way that DC has handled her evolution over the past few years has been like a major turnoff to me, and I'm kind of like I kind of need a break from the Joker and Harley.
2: We've we've said this before around the time when this was originally, like, floating around. If they do it where it's, you know, they're coming out of this, like, abusive relationship and they show that, like, uh, the Joker is Harley Quinn's origin story and now she's a fully realized hero, villain, whatever you want to call it. I think that would be good. Uh, but I just again like I I don't have the, the faith in DC that they'll do that right. Like my whatever episode we talked about that my position has not
1: changed. Well, the movie actually has a title in the works. It's called Daddy's Little Monster versus Damaged.
3: (sighs) I hate you. Um, no, 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 Phil. I'm sorry. It's it's Daddy's Daddy's Little Monster v. Damaged.
1: Dawn of Damaged.
2: Dawn of damage. <laughs> D- Dawn of Suicide. <laughs> oh, God.
1: Daddy's versus... Daddy's Little Monster versus Damaged. Dawn of Suicide. Be Damaged. Sorry. We got it, folks. Be... Call us, Warner Brothers.
3: Yeah, you know, it's just... I don't know, man. Like, I don't i don't want to hate on this based on its concept, but I, I don't know. I think I'm just at a place where I just don't... I don't feel like I want this. You know, like, I, I like the Joker and Harley together when it's done well. But, like, I don't know. I feel like it's been handled in a way that I like it so few times in the last several years that I'm just kind of like, can we just get away from this for a little
0: while? Beyond that, I don't know that, like, stuff like that, obviously, you can do in the comics. I don't know that this has legs for a film. Like I, that there's enough there, you mean? Yeah, I think it's pretty thin. Um... I think that they 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 screwed the pooch by not having the Joker be the main villain in Suicide Squad. So accept your loss, eat it. Either make him the villain of Gotham City Sirens, or let it go.
2: And that's yeah, I th- I think that's the way this movie would work, is if it were a Gotham City Sirens. Well, we're movie, getting that, but that's we're getting later it. though, da- David. This
0: is something else. Yeah, this is something else. David Ayer is working on a, a Gotham City Sirens movie as we speak.
3: Yeah, I, I would say uh. I would say that's the way you handle this. Right? Is you make this, like, if this is the story you want to tell, like, Joker versus Harley, like, just make it the Sirens movie and make him the villain there and have Black, uh, not Black Cat, Catwoman and Poison Ivy be her supporting characters. Nah, buddy, well, this
1: is for the Juggalos at home.
0: <laughs> it's saying, um, <clears throat> So, the last bit of news that we're going to talk about, and I save this for last because I feel like this is probably the thing that. All of the Comics Pals will be the most excited about. um, Is that Jim Lee has announced a new line of evergreen stories at DC from major talent. Uh, Jim Lee wants to get stories like Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns in that vein. He wants to get those stories told. um, And he feels like the best way to do that, according to this report, which is coming from Bleeding Cool, uh, is... Oh, so it's probably not true. Well, no. Uh, on, on, On on DC Comics Twitter, this is the tweet: Dan and Jim reveal that in addition to the core line, DC will focus on DC Young Readers plus books for older fans from big talent. Um, and and so that's kind of that's kind of in the umbrella of this announcement. Um, they're looking to find new creators and also top creators to put them together. And tell stories outside of continuity that are going to be similar to what we've gotten with Watchmen. We talked about um, when will we get the next Watchmen, right? We've talked about that in the past. And it looks like DC is trying to cultivate the talent and put the crew together to build that book.
3: Dude, D- like, I think DC is fucking murdering lately. Oh my god. Like, Uh, Like, I've, like, you know, it's well, well established here. I've never been much of a DC guy. I've always, was always more of a Marvel fan. But, like, in the last few years, it's just, like, Marvel turned me off in such a big way I haven't followed a regular Marvel book in, like, four or five years. Whereas, like, the last year or so, I feel like DC's been doing every single thing I've been saying on this podcast that the big two needs to do. You know? They're... They're doing more experimental books. They're doing these things that are continuity light or continuity null. You know, they are like, I I don't know. They're just exceeding my expectations like time and time again. And it feels like they're like, I feel like targeted. Like DC's (laughs) like, you're the kind of person that that we're trying to pull in with these decisions. You know? They might listen to the pals. Maybe so. But I mean it's like between this and like the Hanna-Barbera stuff, the Young Animal stuff, like I just feel like they're making so many really smart moves for if there's – like they're trying to make a book for every kind of comic reader and I feel like that is something we haven't seen these companies do. For all the books Marvel put out, they weren't appealing to anyone. You know, and it seems like DC is really doing a good job of isolating what people are looking for and trying to give it to them.
2: I don't know, dude, they they made an announcement similar to this uh, around the DCU announcement or whatever, you know, with uh, the relaunch of of Batgirl with uh, Cameron Stewart and Babs Tarr and, uh, you know, the the punk rock Black Canary or whatever. Um, I just like I, I I don't. See them committing to it because they haven't, you know, the Hanna Barbera stuff. Withstanding, I just don't. I I don't, I don't buy it. And they're gonna make it all canon, you know, here in five years anyway, just like they are with Watchmen. So,
1: well, Watchmen was thirty years ago. But beside that, DCU.
2: Yeah, but do you, five years ago they made it all canon. Uh, with, what before Watchmen? Yeah, and now they're adding it into the universe, like.
1: Um. DCU was definitely an attempt to try to like be as broad and encompassing as many readers as possible. But I think the difference there... And mind you, DCU wasn't bad. There was a lot of good things that came out of DCU, but it had a really bad rap. The problem was DCU alienated a lot of people. Uh, and that's why we had Rebirth, which was like a back-to-meats-and-potatoes comics. What they're talking about now... It sounds like they're not going to, like, there's still rebirth and everything there. This is just another attempt to cast a wide sheet to attract as many readers as possible in an attempt to recreate something really meaningful.
0: I have something to add to that because at the DC Meet the Publishers panel, uh, Jim Lee did talk about this. And he's he talked about how DC superhero girls is very important to them and how it's been a big hit and that 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 hits an audience of people that DC has never touched before. That six to 12 girls um, audience that's never read comics, you know, um, and that they wanted to have stories written for them. Right my
2: my eight year old sister picked up one of those comics when we uh, were in Boston just
0: not that long ago and he was saying so he yeah. was saying they want to do more with that and and um, they're, they're coming out with a new line of books called the d c Young Reader program. I think that's fantastic but in addition to that, uh, Lee had the following to say uh, well Lee mentioned uh, that evergreen books that populate their lineup like Watchmen, Sandman, etc., they want to produce those, and with that in mind, they have begun to reach out to creators who have one particular story starring their characters, but don't have the time to be part of the weekly grind. Um, Dan Didio chimed in and compared this to a new mature reader's line that's going to be Euro-style, so European comic-style graphic novel size, allowing the art to breathe, which their books have bigger pages. I'm Um, fucking wet. He said, we realize not we realize not one size fits all. And he stated that the success of rebirth allows them to do that. So this is a this is a real plan that they have. And I totally agree with what Phil said. DCU failed because DCU lied to people. It it said, hey, this is like continuity light. You can jump into this. You don't need to know anything. This is whatever. That wasn't true. It was still a half in continuity. Yeah, it was still in continuity. It still existed within the confines of being in the same universe as everything else. Not every book existed in that in that in that line. And for someone who doesn't read comics and doesn't get it, that message is muddled. And you don't understand that. This is something where it's like, hey, there are people who read Watchmen, who've read Mouse, who've read all those kind of books, Sandman, that will never read a regular comic book they'll never buy spider-man they'll buy this kind of thing they'll buy something that's meant for mature readers that trends a little older they'll buy you know they'll buy like those those major titles and if dc is trying to put this out there this is the kind of thing that like phil said cast that wide net and i think i think
3: this is often made as an unfavorable comparison like a lot of people take issue with the term graphic novel right because they're like oh it's it's like The intellectualization of comic books, excuse me, and that there's, you know, nothing wrong with comics. But I think you've made a very salient point there, that there is a huge untapped market of people that like, or that could like comics, and that have been exposed to comics and enjoyed them, but that are never going to read a monthly superhero book, you know, or a monthly anything book. And I think... Coming to that conclusion and instead of trying to bring those people into those books and being like, well, no, let's just make something that caters to them that will also appeal to people that read Meat and Potatoes comics, that's a win-win.
0: Yeah, it's also great for the creators because they got the opportunity to tell stories that, that they're passionate about. Rather yeah. than having to be on the wheel of, well, I got to turn out this, you know, Batman story.
3: Well, we talked um, about that, why that works for Tom King, right? Like, that's why we liked Vision. Like, I'm not going to read a monthly Vision book, but a 12-issue 12 12 Vision story that's meaningful and has something to say is, yeah, I can get sold on that.
0: Right. And so I think, I think this is definitely the kind of thing that's going to appeal to people who are lapsed fans, never fans. Um, people who want to dip their toe into comics but don't know where to start. DC's offering them that, and I think that's phenomenal. Like, this
3: will speak to the moviegoers, you know? The people who are like, oh yeah, like I'm into Batman and Superman. I'd like to read a Batman story, but they don't want to go pick up Tom King's Batman at, the, at their local comic book store every week. But maybe they'll go to Barnes and Noble and buy this graphic novel, you know, that is a complete book. And I think we've seen so many mainstream successes like that that aren't even superheroes. You know, Like you said, like Mouse or Scott Pilgrim of, like, there is a way to sell comics to normal people.
1: Well, it's like, if you... This sounds like an opportunity to breed another Sandman, Animal Man. You have this opportunity to put really talented people together with little editorial oversight and a lot of time to breathe to create something really meaningful. Yeah.
0: And that's that's, so important. That's exactly what Jim Lee said. The the goal is to create the next Watchmen, and that doesn't mean they're Sandman. gonna be. Yeah, that doesn't mean they're aping those books. It just means that they're giving the creators the freedom to tell their stories, and ho- in the hopes that the pr- the what comes from that is on that level. And I don't see any reason why that can't happen.
3: No, I think that's I think that's brilliant. Like frankly, and I think. Uh to build off phil's point why i think this is different than dcu is like this seems like an initiative that they're very committed to because we heard we reported on this like two or three weeks ago that they're doing the same thing more or less with the scott snyder batman book you know that's going to be a more euro style comic that's more experimental that has more room to breathe that is continuity light like that's awesome
2: awesome I- that, that's the new All Star, right? Yeah,
3: that's, that's like what we... the new like whatever. I guess volume whatever of All Star Batman, but
1: it's not even
2: just that. But the
1: different a big difference is that they're still doing DC Rebirth. DCU was an attempt the main yeah. continuity. This isn't the primary continuity.
3: And again, like it, it does, it's a it's a direct callback to those books that we celebrate so much from the '80s, like Watchmen and Dark Knight, for that matter. Um, Dark Knight Returns, you know, which is like that was a out of continuity one off fleshed-out Batman story, and I think there's room for that shit, you know? like I absolutely think there's room for those stories. Why do you think we remember those so well?
1: Yeah, they're the ones that everyone talks
3: about. And they they captured our consciousness because they weren't trying to be... they weren't bogged down by what came before them or in preparation for what's coming after.
2: I'm still skeptical. I don't... you know, I... I'm a fan of DC. I've always been a fan of DC. Whatever they put out, uh, you know, I'm gonna investigate, but their uh you know their continuity light imprints or whatever i i i don't buy i don't buy it just because they're you've been burned before major corporation yeah so whatever i'm skeptical fine
0: i hope they do well i i I, I, want to say just in their defense this is not continuity light this is continuity free yeah sure sure it is yeah so we'll see yeah we'll see um so that's going to do it for our conversation about San Diego Comic-Con uh, for this episode. Again, next week we are going to talk about all the other major news that will drop um, from when from when we stop recording. And then, of course, tomorrow, which is Sunday for us. All that stuff we'll talk about on the next episode of the Comics Pal. So if you enjoy hearing us talk about San Diego and all the news, definitely do um, hit us up on iTunes. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, there are plenty of ways to get the show. Um, if you're on iTunes, definitely do leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about our coverage of San Diego Comic-Con. And what is the the, the news item that you're most excited about? What's the announcement that uh, has lit you on fire? Um, you, can, you can do that by hitting us up on iTunes. You can also hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Comics Pals, where you can let us know what you're most excited about. And also follow us to find out what we think about the news as it comes out live. We'll be tweeting. We'll be um, all over the place letting you guys know our thoughts and reporting the news there. So stay tuned. Um, You can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. Hit us up on there. Let us know what you're most excited about. You can let us know whatever you want to let us know. Anything at all. Um, You can write to us there and talk to us about that stuff. And then last but not least, YouTube is super important to us. Um, We've got a lot of content coming out there and dropping that you need to check out. So uh, hit us up on YouTube. And then also listen to the Video Game Pals. It's a good show. Uh, Pete and I are on it. We're joined by Andy and Thompson, uh, two of our favorite people. And we talk about video games. Um, Last week, we talked... Well, they talked about Castlevania. I wasn't present um, Pete, you want to say a few words about that?
3: That's yeah, a good show. We work hard on it. Yeah, if you guys are video gamers and you haven't checked it out yet, please do. We'd really appreciate it.
0: Um, So with that being said, let's do some plugs. Cool.
3: Um, all right. So guys, thanks again for joining us here on another episode of the Comics Pals. As Sean said, if you want to check us out tomorrow on our sister show, The Video Game Pals, please do. If you want to get some more content from me though, you can check out my writing over at CBR.com. Uh, and then you can get me on social media at loud underscore Pete and come talk to me about all the news coming out of San Diego. I'd love to hear from you.
0: Awesome. kill.
2: You can find the books of Panels Publishing at panelspublishing.com. We have a web store and we're on Comixology. So please do that. Uh, I'm on Twitter on Twitter and Instagram at Toto in Toe. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W.
1: Phil? Uh, not much to plug. Just go check out my new movie, Daddy's Little Monster: The Damaged Dawn of Suicide. Otherwise, you can find me at Cyborg Bebop on Instagram and Twitter, and Marco at
0: What and What Marco underscore. So I have a question: Have who's plugged Marco more, Marco or us? Who's plugged
1: Marco more? Us, us or his girlfriend? Definitely us. <laughs> Ooh.
3: I'm so <laughs> glad I'm not the one who god, made that joke because that's it. exactly where my mind went
0: <laughs> god damn it Phil that's it that's what Sean, I was hoping someone would say
3: Sean just went full-fledged Kermit the Frog he was like yeah! <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sean you team me up I'll hit it out of the park every time buddy I know I know Ali you motherfucker Phil that, Phil that is fucking it you are fired and I'm sending you to the long box <laughs> I have had it. Oh, no. With your filthy mouth. Exile. With your filthy, filth mouth.
0: <laughs> Didn't you just say the F word, Kill? Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> that's That's different. Anyway, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter, at Sean Soapbox, and we can talk about stuff. Whatever. Just stuff. Uh, and with that, we are the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. Bye. See you next week you fucking animals.
2: (laughs)